What's up, Dallas? Welcome back to another episode of Out of Character. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, and we are here with the one, the only, Randy Orton. Give it up! Thank you. Thank now, you. before I get into any questions, it is your birthday today. It is. And there is a crowd of people here. So let's start this off singing happy birthday to Randy Orton. Let's go. Ready? One, two, three. Happy birthday to you. 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 Yeah! I feel, I feel like I'm blushing a little bit. Uh, gosh. Well, now I'll start with the question that I start off every episode with, and that's how yeah. much of your real true self is there in the character you play on TV? I mean, I, I think a little bit. Uh, we're, a lot of us always say we're, we're uh, you know, a lot of us, our character in the ring is ourself turned up, you know, times 10 or whatever. And I, I think in that case, it's, uh, you, you could say that for me as well. Um, I think, you know, I... I think up up here when you start talking about up here, things get tricky. I, 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 depending on the day, depending on the current mood, like I can that that can help motivate like how I feel stepping into the ring. So that answer could be times ten one day, times two another. It kind of depends if I'm trying to be more of a good guy than a bad guy. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of open-minded to that. Like, sometimes I have to turn it way up if I'm setting people on fire. Yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes I turn it way down if I'm, you know, calling someone else a friend and, and hugging another man on, on live television. You yes. know, like, because there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Yeah, so, so uh, you know, so to answer your question, it, it just depends on the day. Well, then what words would you use to describe your off-screen personality when you're just with your family or with your friends? Uh, mellow, chill. Uh, I, I really enjoy my time at home. I think, uh, you know, I, I think I've gone on record of saying that enough to where I'm, I'm, I, I respect John Cena and the hustle and, and, and how hard someone like Miz works and, and Miz has children and he makes time for his kids. I'm not saying he doesn't. I, I really enjoy being home with my family. I, uh, I don't, I don't necessarily like doing this kind of stuff all the time. WrestleMania week, this is awesome. Getting to meet the fans here and there, the world over, that's awesome. To do it every single day, like it's just, I've been doing it so long. I think pacing myself, you know, is, is, is kind of how I like to do it. But, you know, as far as today goes, I'm in a great freaking mood. I'm happy to be here and it's WrestleMania. So of course- Give it up for that, right? Yeah. Of course, I'm going to come out. I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to get to meet the fans. That's what this week is all about. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like for so long, people wouldn't have described you. Fans wouldn't have thought you're mellow off screen. But I feel like you've kind of shown more of uh, that side of yourself in, in this kind of later stage of your career. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, with, with age and, uh, you know, I just kind of see, you know, the big picture, you know, and, and um, it's... It's uh, seeing my five-year-old daughter, um, you know, ride a roller coaster for the first time and, and, and the look on her face after she gets off and she wants to go again, you know, and, and enjoying that. Get, getting to see everything that she sees 
through her eyes for the first time, enjoying that. Like that's, I get my kicks in that way. Like I, I still enjoy, you know, RKOing someone off the top rope like no one else can with just the perfect timing, you know, that makes everyone go nuts. That's, that's my drug of choice. But man, a close second is being at home and chilling and not having to answer to anybody else or, or talk about wrestling. It's, it's nice to get a little bit of a reprieve, but my passion's in this ring. And, and I don't think that'll ever change. Are you, uh, are you kind of like doing stuff with your kids most of the time when you're home, kind of focused on hanging out with them? Uh, 100%. I, I get to the gym and I'll, I'll you know, get treatment on whatever's, you know, whatever ails me uh, that week physically. But other than that, I'm at home and um, I'm taking out the trash like, and I'm, I'm helping the kids with homework and, you know, I'm yelling at my, my teenager, Rob, to wash the dishes. <laughs> Ask that kid, you know, every, every damn day, you know, just, I want an empty sink before you go to bed. Is it that hard? And, and sink full of dishes. And he knows his mother will clean the sink the next morning and he won't have to do it. But I just, that, that's, that's what I'm dealing with. Yeah. My I'm just like all of you parents. <laughs> like there's not, you know, it's, it's. I remember my dad, when I was a kid, used to always say to me that he had kids so that someone would be there to do the dishes so that he wouldn't have to do it. And I always thought it was a joke. No, but now that's, that that's I'm 35, real. it's the that's only real. reason I want to have kids that I don't have to do the dishes anymore. I've been doing right. it for so long. It's, it's like the best perk, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like, you know, in watching you on WWE TV right now that you're having the most fun you've had in your career with Riddle. Would that be accurate to say? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I used to have a lot of fun, like, you know, out of the ring, on the road, getting to see the towns and stuff and going out, you know, in my 20s, right? Now, um, the fun for me is being able to leave that ring and know that, everybody that was watching had a good time. Like I'm, I'm not as selfish with the kind of fun I want to have. I, 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 I enjoy making sure that my body's in as tip top shape as it can be to wake up that next morning and, and, and do what I got to do to deliver my best performance on raw. Whereas before I'd be more concerned with maybe the nightlife, like in my younger years. And this is, this is a long time ago, but that's just another example. I think, uh, growing up in the business, you know, where I was and where I'm at now. And, and like, I look back, it's like a lifetime ago. The, the you know, I, I feel like in some respects, and this is morbid to say, but that I'm lucky to be here right now. And I, I believe that to be true. And, and because of that, like, there's so many things that, um, you know, I, I feel like I have to do because of that. And, and one of those things for the business that's given me everything is given back as much as it's given me. And, and, you know, like I got to see Triple H last night and, you know, I hugged that grown man as hard as I could. And, and like, I got emotional because just because of this announcement this last week. And, and, you know, we had just a few words between one another, but, but, you know, you don't have forever. This is a really special, close-knit group of guys and girls, and, and this is where it's at. To us, you know, this is everything, and, and you never know when it's gonna be taken away from you. So, so all of that kind of makes me appreciate the now more, and, and Riddle being one of those as well. I, you know, I, I, I obviously didn't like him too much in the beginning. That was very real. 
Um, but I love the guy now. He's great. And he's definitely motivated me um, to give it a little more effort. And, and he's making it more fun for me, too. Yeah, it's really cool for me to hear you say all that stuff just now because, you know, it's so well documented that early part of your career where you rub some people the wrong way or whatever because of, you know, perceived attitude or whatever. And then now, when I, I've, I've been doing the show for a year, and I would say 95, 98% of the talent that's been on the show have all said something positive about you. Like every single episode, someone is saying something about how helpful you are in the locker room, how friendly you are, how like good you are for the business, how you keep giving back. And so, you know, I wonder like, when did that change come about within you and like what triggered it? Uh, I think it was a little bit of what we just, what, what I was just talking about, just the evolution of uh, kind of me as a person and becoming a father, uh, making a ton of mistakes, learning from them, uh, being given a few second chances, maybe more than a few. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I, I really already answered that question. Okay. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I really did. It's, it's just, and I feel like it's getting better and better. My, my wife is, is amazing. And, you know, with, I don't want to sound, you know, like I'm gushing over my wife and it's corny and all that, but God, God damn, she, she's an amazing woman. And like, uh, it's, it's her birthday today too, actually. You guys have the same birthday? That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes it easy to remember. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, but like all of that plays a part in, in who I am now and why, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's important to me to get back. You know, yes, and there's, there's, there's so many different ways to kind of do that. There's, there's not one set way like you can. Hey, thanks, buddy. You can you can get back in so many ways in, in this business, you know, to the fans, to the talent, to the uh, the cameramen, um, you know, all the guys in the back that, uh, you know, work way harder than I do than the rest of the talent to setting up everything, tearing it all down after the show's over and the talent and fans have gone home. You know, there's so many people that are responsible for putting on this show and, and and each and every one of them deserve a pat on the back, not just the talent. That makes sense. I mean, it's a maturing thing. It just makes, I mean, eventually you just have to mature and that makes sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, with Riddle. We oh. all we all go through it, right? Everybody messes up. Everybody learns from that mistake, whether they apply what they learned or not or keep making the same mistakes, it's up to them. But that's kind of where you decide what kind of person you're going to be and you know what, what what kind of character do you want to have how do you want you know people to to see you and i don't think i really gave two about what people thought of me back then not that you should care what people think of you and I, I, um but on a level you should yep you know what i mean you want to be and, a nice person to be yeah, but, but not only that like i'm also business-wise representing this company yep right like like i have that responsibility as well yep. but but also, you know, screw the brand or anything, just me as a person. Like, I, I want to set an example for other, you know, young men out there. Yep. And, and like, I want to, as a father uh, to my, my, my daughters, I, I want them to know well, what to expect, uh, how uh, a young man should treat them. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. How to expect to be treated. And, and so that's very important, too. But. You know, I can reach the fans in that manner, you know, in little ways. And, and, and But there's so many ways to get back, is what I'm saying. No, totally. And I yeah. think that personal growth is important for every person. Like, sure. if you never change, and you never try and get better, then every, what are you doing, you know? Every single person out there, you know? Right. So I was watching while prepping for this. Uh, it was a thing they did on WWE Confidential on you, like when you were f first starting. 
Yeah. And you were talking about how your earliest memories in wrestling were in locker rooms. Do you have any actual like memories of like being in the locker room and any funny stories or anything? <laughs> I mean, just just being very young, so young as to I can't really put together any 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 stories or what anyone said. I remember junkyard dog chasing me down a hallway with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> and being real loud and animated and trying to scare me and everyone laughing. Um, I, I remember uh, Bret Hart keeping an eye on me while, while my father would go work. And I don't know what company that was for at, at what time. Uh, Jake the Snake's uh, boa constrictor or python crawling around in the shower stalls. I remember that, fond <laughs> memories of that. But mainly just a bunch of big hairy, naked men. I'm in the locker room with these yeah. guys. So that was very frightening. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that was when you're little, they're probably like why I was too, in that you know? shower stall looking at the <laughs> constrictor. Like, you're yeah. back to everyone else. Guys, put on your clothes. It's a locker room, it's a locker room. So, you know, it's where you change. But, uh, but yeah, you know, memories like that, being in the car with my father and just it being a long drive and me feeling like it's, you know, we're driving for days. You know, things like that. Eating snacks from the gas station. Um, I, I, I remember when my dad was gone a lot. Like, he was gone. I might have seen him a handful of days per year for, for a good chunk of time when I was, you know, between 5, 10 or so. And I remember during that time, I missed him so much. I remember that when he would come home, I would smell him. And I would, and my dad had like this smell, maybe it was his, his cologne or brute cologne or something, but I would like miss the smell, you know? And, and just the other day, I don't know what we were doing, but uh, maybe for Christmas, one of my sons got some, you know, cheap cologne from an aunt or something. And it was that smell. And it's like, oh my God. And, and I've back. heard of that happening, like yeah. smells oh, taking yeah, you back. Uh, I don't think I've ever, ever experienced it. And just like a week or two ago, I was like, oh my God. Took you right I back think this the is what my dad must have wore, but but you know, like I, you know, I love my dad, and I remember he he worked so hard, and and because of that, you know, because you know he's got a double knee replacement, he's you know he he's he's hurting, you know, and and but because of all that, you know, I'm able to sit here and talk to you, and I, I just I'll, I'll net like wow, what an awesome sacrifice for a father to make for a son, and and how can I not somehow try to give back so and you know my, my father too gave so much not just to me get my foot in the door get me a job the coolest company ever but just for everybody else and and now the money's better uh just much better everything's bigger and better and amazing and and my dad's one of the reasons that i'm able to sit here and enjoy that well and you've helped elevate it too in your career so. sure yeah 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 i mean yeah. do you think that do you think that your kids have been bitten by the wrestling bug in the same way that you were? Um, no, no, not, not yet. <laughs> um, it, it happened later for me. I never thought that I would follow in my father's footsteps. I didn't think it was possible. Um, never even this much possible. All my friends and even, you know, uh, other, other adults are going to be a wrestler like your dad, you know, yep. because I wrestled. When I in little league, and I wrestled in, in junior high and in high school, so that was always a question that was asked. But the answer was always no. Um, and I feel like my kids are kind of the same way right now, but you know, only time will tell. But I, I wouldn't be against it. I would do everything I could to help them. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you do the same thing your dad did for you. I of mean, course, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, when you watch that documentary, you know, it's very clear that he was very much trying to help you and was very sure. supportive of everything. So, sure. yeah. You know, in that documentary the, from 2011, you also talked about how, you you know, your passion for wrestling kind of got reinvigorated while working at a gas station, the late night shift. Sure. How much of a trip was it to then be in that locker room with the guys you were watching on TV just a couple years later? Right, right. It was it was wild. I um, as a wrestling fan uh, in my teenage years in high school, I loved Goldberg. So I actually my first tattoo. Huh, I went into the tattoo shop and I told the guy I wanted the Goldberg tattoo. I swear to God. Just give me the Goldberg. Well, so I'm not the legend killer, the Viper. You know, I'm, I'm 18. I can get some ink now and I want to look tough, damn it. So <laughs> Goldberg's my guy and I'm an idiot. So, you know, the tattoo uh, artist said, uh, how about let's come up with something that's just for you, you know? <laughs> so, okay, that's a good idea. <laughs> and so, you know, some version one of this, you know, was born, but but anyway, shit, I forget what we were talking about. No, I love that, though. I love that story. <laughs> because I'm sure that guy was like, he is not going to want to have the Goldberg in 20 no, years no. on his arm. I don't know if I've ever told that story before, because it's pretty embarrassing that I would even... <laughs> But, but yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, who were you most intimidated by when you walked into the locker room and you were now young oh, Randy yeah, Orton? Oh, yeah, that's right. In? We were talking about that. Um, gosh, uh, everybody. I was so young. Um, Undertaker, and, 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 you know, he, but not not scared, just like, wow. Like, is he a human being? He, didn't, he wasn't real. I, I remember, I remember, um, uh, like, even, like, uh, 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 Billy Gunn just being such a giant athlete athlete just a huge man like the hardcore holly bob holly of course like all these guys were were just men and here i am some kid you know and, and it, it took me a long time to feel like i kind of grew up and fit in and i feel like for a long time i was the kid i was the kid there was always all these salty vets you know in the ring uh in the locker room um but I was so lucky to be a part of that era and get to kind of be a fly on the wall in some instances. But you know, you got JBL and Ron Simmons and, and guys like that, just just men. And and so locker room's locker room, right? But my my father took Bradshaw on his very first tour of Japan back in the early nineties. Okay. And took care of Bradshaw, took him under his wing and had his back. Bradshaw, of course, the way it works, you know, you never forget that. And me being Bob Orton's kid, Bradshaw never gave me any. That's so but good. He was always kind of, he was always one of those guys, man. Those, those local guys, those new guys, they'd come and he'd give them a hard time. Nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with Not it. Not like either. hazing or anything nothing like that. Nothing at yeah. all, but just effing with the guy, <laughs> you know, yeah. just guys being guys. And you need a little bit of that. But I was never a target because of my dad. That was probably nice for you. Such a lucky little, you know, asshole. God, no wonder everybody hated me. <laughs> How long would you say it took for you to gain respect in the locker room? Uh, gosh, years, yeah. years, you know. Um, and then, you know, I kind of started to get, get an attitude and, you know, I got mixed in with the wrong crowd, I guess you could say, and made a couple bad decisions. And um, 
that respect, I think, kind of got put on hold for a while. And, and I think there was even an instance where kind of the plan was for me and Triple H to go and, and do our thing, you know, out of evolution. And I might have the, the, the uh, order of this wrong, but I want to say they went with Dave Batista yep. instead. Uh, because of me and, and maybe an 05 okay. or, or 06 and, and I just wasn't ready and it was like maybe 2005 2006 2007 where I was really having some some close calls with just you know just being a dumb kid you know too much too soon you know uh, most, most definitely too much too soon you know yep yeah of course well you talked about Triple H you mentioned him earlier as well and obviously we talked you know He's retiring now officially. Um, in some way, now now that he's officially retired, it must be an honor for you that you were one of his one of his last high profile matches. Yeah, I uh, you know I don't know how I feel about that. Um, it's an honor. I, I just I, I hate that that was the last match. I hate that we didn't know that was the last match. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Unfortunately, you rarely do though. Well, yeah, but. In your head, it's always going to go down in, in, in the, the, the manner that you want it to go down. Yep. You're going to get that last match. You know, I, I know in my head, you know, and what I would love to see happen. And, 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 and you know what that is. And it's just being able to set it all up to where you have that one opponent, that, that, that hand-picked opponent that you know you can just kill it with. And you have the best story going and you back out a year and then you culminates in this match that just that's what you hang the boots on, but that's not how it happens. That's no. not how it happens. So the older I get, it does get a little scary when you start thinking about, oh man, you, you, you know, there's a, there's a limit to what, you know, physically the body can handle. And, and that RKO, you know, I'm jumping up in the air and landed on my, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might've done it a thousand, a couple thousand times, I think maybe more. But, it's probably more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, I love doing it, you know, and, and there's, um, the, the end is nowhere, uh, near for me. That's Good. for sure. Good. Yeah. No, I mean, even though, you know, you guys didn't know it was going to be the last matches for the triple H was going to have the fact that the last two high profile matches he had were you and Batista are pretty crazy like it's, it's yeah. pretty appropriate oh, I, I never thought about it like that yeah 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 it was, when i was prepping for this i was looking at it and i was like whoa what a weird coincidence yeah yeah dave at wrestlemania yeah right? yeah wow that's that's actually pretty badass yeah. yeah yeah um so what was your favorite memory of working with triple h and evolution gosh i don't know that i have a favorite um you know the photo shoot uh the photo shoot where we spent a day or two in New York City. Uh, it was for the video wall of our Evolution theme music. Um, you know what? You spit this gum out. <laughs> so unprofessional. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, when we did that, uh, that video shoot, man, it was me, Flair, Triple H. I don't think Batista was with us yet. No, I think it was Mark Jindrak in that one, right? But, but I don't think Mark went with us on this shoot, I okay. think I think on the shoot I'm talking. So there was a shoot There's where we're walking where you, yeah. down the street, uh -huh. but then there was another shoot where me, Rick, and Hunter, like the company spent so much money, like it was so awesome, uh, and you know it was me, Rick, and Hunter. So they'd spent the money, Hunter and Rick. I got to tag along. We had a helicopter 
flew around the Statue of Liberty like, you know, half a dozen times trying to get the right shot, stepping off the, the helicopter in our suits. They had these custom made suits. I, uh, of course, was left to my own devices to dress myself. And uh, I had like a off the rack men's warehouse suit that was <laughs> broad enough for the shoulders, but, you know, off the rack, the waist is gonna be wide too. So the thing fit me like a bed sheet, you know. But, but we, uh, they, they had like a club rented out and a, a, a restaurant rented out. We just, we were pampered. It was kind of the first time that I really felt like, like a star. You know what I mean? And I'm still a kid. I'm 22, I think, at the time. This was very early on before evolution started. And I mean, I'll never forget that. That, that would probably, uh, as far as not in the ring, one of my best evolution moments. As far as in the ring, uh, being with Hunter specifically, just the amount of stuff that I learned from him, the, his ability to be in the ring and communicate with you, which is something we never normally would have talked about, but there's a way to do it to where you guys don't see it. And it's very hard to do that to where I think a lot of people end up almost not communicating as much. And the more you can communicate with your opponent, the better that you, you can get an idea and a feel for what the other one's thinking and you know where you can go. And it just gives more of an opportunity to tell a better story. And I learned so much of that from Triple H. There's, there's, a, very, there's a very anxious feeling when you're in front of 20, 30, 40,000 people and you don't know how you're gonna fill 15, 20 minutes of time and you're out there trusting a veteran, a ring veteran, who's gonna hold your hand and lead you along the way and you just gotta listen to him. And then to be out there in that moment where this guy's putting all his faith in you to listen to him and react accordingly, that's a hell of a feeling. Yep. So I'd say those moments, and there was a lot of them, those moments like that were the best for me with Hunter. That's funny because I was going to ask the best advice and I feel like those kind of go in together right yeah, there. Yeah. yeah I, uh, well, okay. Fast forwarding, yeah. you know, how crazy is it for you that you've now had the most pay-per-view and raw matches in, in the history of those things in the history of WWE? Yeah. I mean, that's... first of all, give it up for that, right? Give it up for him doing that. <laughs> but how does Thank it feel you. for you when you see that? Uh, it's very surreal. Um, you know, that's a lot of traveling and I, I think about, it as a whole, that's, that's performing in front of so many different people. I'm traveling to so many different places. I think I've been to just under 50 countries. So just think of the amount of people that I've, that I've come into contact with over that couple of decades. It's just, it's really mind blowing to me. Um, and it's an honor to me as well to be able to say that I've had, you know, those numbers. Um, and if I keep doing it for, you know, five, six, seven, eight, you know, another decade, you know, like I said, the end is nowhere near. Those those records might be hard to beat, too. Oh, those you're, are definitely you know? going to be hard and, to beat. And, and I, I, I definitely consider that a feather in my cap. You know, the, yeah. the, the longevity is important to me, for sure. Do you have a favorite pay-per-view match? I know it's cliche and it's putting you on the spot. I know you've got, got a lot of I, I've got a bunch of favorites. Um, I forget, you know, a bunch that I've liked. Um, uh, there's there, there, there's some that I thought were great and then I watched back and I was like, oh my God, that was the shits, you know. <laughs> um, but like the, the one with Foley, uh, 
uh, at Backlash in 2004. That's a favorite, and not just yeah, but, but like not just because I landed in thumbtacks. Like, <laughs> like it's it's what he was doing uh, for me in that match. Like he came out of retirement, allowed me to you know end the year spitting in his face. You know, I think it was the last Raw before the end of the year or something like that. And and you know everyone's. You know, the, 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 the New Year's chiming in and all the wrestling fans are talking about is how I disrespected Foley like that. I mean, I he gave me so much. So that match, because of what he did for me, makes it mean even more than it does because I landed in thumbtacks. Because <laughs> that was pretty badass, too, you know? <laughs> that was definitely badass. Do you, have, do you have a least favorite? A least favorite? Am I allowed to ask that? Ah, uh, gosh. Man. One that you just were like, man, that did not turn out the way I would have I liked I wish it. I could have prepped for some of these questions, because <laughs> on the spot, like, I, I, what are some bad ones, guys? Uh, I actually don't answer that question. <laughs> we'll be here all day. Uh, you know, none, none uh, ring a bell. I'll tell you what, it was hard as hell to follow uh, Taker Sean at WrestleMania. 25 or what or whatever that was that was tough that seems like a tall task that was tough i remember being in the uh locker room with triple h and they had a little monitor back then and we're watching uh undertaker versus Shawn michaels and he's just sitting there and i i saw what was happening but he was being vocal about it like oh god damn it. <laughs> you know and i'm watching i'm like oh they're having a great match what's the problem you know well <laughs> We're going to have to follow that kid, you know, choke slam, kick, super kick, kick, tombstone, kick out one, two. The whole crowd is like, oh, they're going to be tired after that <laughs> yeah. one. And, and they were. It was hard. It was an uphill battle. But I watched that match recently, too, and it stands up. I was, I was happy with it, you know. It's, I think as performers, probably in general, performers are harder themselves, but I think, like, Maybe it's because I know wrestling, right? Us pro wrestlers are hard on ourselves. There's so many little things that you want to be perfect. And it's very hard on live TV to get it perfect. Um, when it does happen, oh my God, you know? But, but it's, it's, it's tough and we're hard on ourselves. You know, we're hard on ourselves. So many things can go wrong and so much is riding on that time and you, you hitting that mark and, and you taking care of your opponent and just all of the above. How often do you go back and watch old matches like that? I would say the only reason that I'll go back and watch old matches now is because my, my sons, they're big wrestling fans and they'll remind me of stuff that happened that I've, I've forgotten about. Uh, sometimes I'll get a YouTube link sent to me from my oldest son, Michael, and it'll be of like a match. And, and he'll be like, you know, or, you know he'll, he'll send me stuff. Like the other day, he sent me a uh, Spike Dudley interview. Uh, you guys remember Spike Dudley, right? Hell yeah. And uh, it was Spike Dudley doing an interview. And I, I guess it's it's like current time. And he looked pretty good. He did. I, was I saw like, that clip. I was like, oh, shit. It's Spike, you know, and, and he rarely does interviews, too. Right, right. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen him. In yeah, so he, long. he rarely does interviews. But but it was it's just I'll get stuff like that from my sons. And, and because of them, I'll see those older matches, you know, yep. a, a lot of matches, a, a lot of matches uh, that they show me, you know, happened before they were even born. 
So it's like, it's pretty wild that they can go back on these apps and, and especially Peacock and everything and, and watch the stuff stuff that their dad did before he was, that they were born. It's wild, it's, it's wild. Such a it, it's a kind of stuff like you would never imagine when we were kids, like the kind of stuff that our kids could play with now or, or the just the, the tools to educate and just, it's, it's wild. I didn't even know Japanese wrestling existed until I was like, got the internet as an sure. older person, you know? Sure, sure, We just course. had to deal with what we saw on TV out here, you That's know? That's right, so. right. VHS tapes, maybe a friend would have a tape, right? Yep. And they'd pass it around until it breaks, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Thank God we don't have to deal with VHS anymore. Uh, damn right. <laughs> when you tweeted about uh, those records that you have, you mentioned how the old generation kind of look down upon keeping records like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so on that same token now, you know, is the number of world title wins important to you that you have? Yes, yes. Um, and, and, and definitely, I, I've said that before, back when I first started, you know, you wouldn't talk about wins and losses. You wouldn't talk about, you know, uh, uh, if they existed likes or, you know, things like that, comments, like you just did, you, you just did what you had to do. But but it, it, it matters now. I, I think I think you know we have a direct uh, uh, line of communication to the fans. We can hear what they're thinking, and yeah, some of them will give will give them. Will, some of our fans will give us a hard time, but like you know, and I don't know. Maybe I need to word this the right way. But like I'm in a I'm, I'm in a position where I'm in the ring, and you guys probably paid to get in this building, and and and. And you want to, you want me to speak from the heart and, and, and be true. And, 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 and it's just, I don't know. It, it, it's an amazing thing that we got here with access and everything. And, and, and WrestleMania is a huge week and I kind of lost my train. Well, of the number of world title wins important to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Um, I've, I've got replicas of all those titles hanging up in my, my garage gym at my house, you know, and I'm proud of each and every one of them. Are you going to get that I new really one? Am. I saw someone with your new belt out there. They sent me one of those, too, a couple months ago. Yeah, oh, it's hanging up there, too. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then, is it, you know, clearly it's a, it's important to you to build your legacy behind you and to, you know, like you were saying, the number of matches and the records you've had. Is it a goal of yours, then, to surpass Flair and Cena? I wouldn't say that's a goal, no. If that doesn't happen, I'm not going to be heartbroken over it. Um, I think I'm... Uh, I don't want to say I'm content with, with, with everything I've accomplished. Like I, I definitely would love to accomplish more, but if for some reason tomorrow, you know, that was it, you know, I, I think I would be able to be content with the career that I had, you know, every, every day, every day that I'm able to get back in this ring and, and work and travel and meet everybody and, and be on the road. I, I think that's a win. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've kind of done it all. And I just enjoy every day that I get to stick around from this point on, man, you know? When you are your dad's age, what do you want your legacy in wrestling to be? You were talking about how he kind of grew the industry. What do you want people to remember you for? I I think, uh, I think my legacy, I think longevity. I think finding a way to, to do it in a smart, in a smart way to where you stay true to um, the things from the, the, the era of my father, those, those, the art, of professional wrestling, um, not just thinking that, okay, if I clothesline this guy's head off because I was a big, bad linebacker in the NFL, and that's what's going to get me to my next week and to get people to buy my T-shirts, and that's what's going to get me over. Like, no, we got to do this 200 times a year. 
I, I want my legacy to be that I made sure that the guys like Edge and Seth Rollins and AJ Styles and and God, I miss Daniel Bryan. I wish he was still here. But these guys, Finn Balor, th these guys that are coming up like like Priest, um, um, Theory, uh, uh, the Street Profits, Riddle, especially th these guys that have all the potential in the world. And in some cases, like the first guys I listed, Roman as well, these guys that can work and they know the art of this business. I want my legacy to be that I was able to, with these gentlemen, take this business to the next generation and make sure that that new wave of talent knows how to do it the right way, staying true to the art of what it is and making sure that number one priority is taking care of your opponent's health that you're in the ring with. That needs to be number one in, in every case, in every case. Uh, and I think if, if that's my legacy, I'm happy with that. Do you ever go back and watch your grandpa's matches? Oh, almost definitely. And I've been on a real tear of watching them lately. I've been watching like that era. Yeah. And I'm like, man, there's stuff that people can take from this even now. 100%, even like uh, body language and, and um, the, the way like somebody makes a facial expression before they throw a punch. Like there's so many things you can pick up. Like it's not, it's not all moves and bumps. It's really not. It's actually the opposite of that back then. It's it, more it, about like the making it look like a real it fight. It really to some is. Degree. Yeah. And, and, you know, back then it was a lot different than it is now. You, of course, have to evolve with the times. You know, no one's expecting it to go back to where you can work a hammerlock for 25 minutes. Yes. Not trying to do that. But, but, but it is fun to go watch and see that magic and see how it worked and listen to that crowd from that era really, you know, I was just gonna say they believe, yes. like that crowd believes. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, and that's that's back when kayfabe was alive and well, and I think that whole like I, I miss that vibe, you know. Even even when I started, it wasn't like that, but there was a little bit of that vibe, you know. It was it was there, and if you broke kayfabe, like you know, that was not cool. That that was not okay. You know, you were you were looked at like you know what a idiot you know like like it it felt like we had something special then you know and and now it's like okay hey everybody and it's hard it's hard sometimes but you, you do have to evolve you know yeah I, when i had undertaker on my show recently it was so weird just to have like a normal down-to-earth oh. conversation with the undertaker just after watching him on tv for so long I, I i can imagine when i first uh when i started to work with him in 2005 and we would actually have to converse it's like, oh my God, this is, he's just, he's just a dude. <laughs> he's just a guy. Oh my God. He, he curses and he, he burps and farts like me. Like he's just a guy. Oh my God. That, like, uh, you know what I mean? And of course like, he started off the interview. We were like, in one second, he said something like, mentioned something about being insecure about something that we were showing on the pictures. And I was like, Undertaker is insecure. He's yeah. just a normal person. Crazy. We, we all are. Yeah. We all are. Yeah. But that just shows how good he's been able to build that character for so long that you just, it's hard well, to even that, believe him that way. Well, and that's the thing, even though we're all insecure in our own, our, our own right, that plays to what kind of performer he was, what kind of professional he is, is that no matter how insecure he was, like I'm not the most secure person in the world. I have my, trust me, you know, um, uh, the opposite even and but your job is to go out there like you're the most you know what whatever you need to portray you do it that's your job because you're there to get them to, to, to believe so that they can enjoy what you're trying to do in the middle of that ring yep 
And if you're not, if you don't believe in yourself, if they can look in your eyes and see that you're unsure, it's not going to work. You know, yep. you don't have to be sure of yourself, you know? Yeah, I, that was actually my favorite part of the episode that they did on you for WWE Evil, where you talked about how, like, it was weird that you kind of did have voices in your head that you had to get through and, yeah. and, and, and how, like, it was, a, it was a hard thing for you to get past the self-doubt, but that it was the best thing to happen to you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, I think in a lot of people's cases, they can, they can use it, you know, they, they can use that. Yep. All right, well, we've reached the end here, but I like to end each episode with a segment I call The Finishing Move, where I talk to my guest about, obviously, their finishing move. So who's yeah. your favorite person to hit the RKO on? Gosh, oh my God, there's so many. Uh, Evan Bourne, of course, yeah. was awesome. Um, you know, guys that can take a real nice flat belly bump. You know, uh, Flair, bless his heart, he'd always turn, you know, and, and like somehow end up on his back. <laughs> I think Taker used to do that too. <laughs> but uh, man, I'll tell you what, you know who can bump their ass off and who probably doesn't get the credit they deserve. And I hate saying this because he knows it. He knows he's that good. Uh, Dolph Ziggler. Give it up yeah. to Dolph, yeah. Hey, Dolph's probably one of the best workers, you know, of my generation. And I don't know that anyone's ever said that out loud, but it's it's true. It's true. I'm so glad to hear you say that yeah, because I don't yeah. feel like he gets enough love for it. And I uh, agree. Can you edit that part out? Is I can. That, is this live? Or no? <laughs> I can, but I won't. I really wish I didn't say that. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Evan Bourne, but uh, what's the best RKO reversal you've ever done? Was it on him? I mean, yeah, Seth. Seth was pretty bad. So the, the, the thing about Seth was that was at WrestleMania. That one, because of the people, the stage, it was mania, the risk factor. Evan Bourne's was so much easier because Evan Bourne can put his body anywhere. I mean, I hate kind of selling it short, but do you guys know how easy that RKO was? I, I think I was probably this high off the ground. You know, I just kind of sat up <laughs> and I, I just, my eyes might, might have been closed too. Cause I, you know, he, I knew he was going to put his head, uh, he was going to put his chin right on my bicep. And that's what he did. Bink. <laughs> and just when that timing, when everything just kind of gels, boom, you know, there's, that's, that's a hell of a feeling right there. So, so yeah, th those obvious, really cool ones are, are my favorites. I've done some great ones with Dolph. Uh, with Kofi, uh, 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 with 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 uh, even Chad Gable recently. It's just it's weird how I've done it so many times. It's like if someone came out of my peripheral here, I figured I could just hit it. It's like, just like the meme, basically. It, it, yeah, it's, it's it's just like I'm just kind of ready, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just so in my dreams, it's like what? Well, hopefully yeah. your wife doesn't come to you and put her like head on your shoulder. No, it's, it's happened. It's happened. Yeah, yeah. And lastly, check our Instagram out. Okay. Like, and lastly, don't. what's what's the most memorable time you hit the RKO on someone and why? Uh, on on someone what? What's the most memorable time that you hit the RKO on someone and why? Uh, probably. Um, yeah, well, I already said Seth Rollins. Um, other than the guys I just mentioned, you know, hitting Hogan with that RKO in the match was was pretty badass and and i know that was at a point in his career where he was 
you know, not necessarily wanting to take those kind of bumps. So the fact that he bumped for me on that, I thought was pretty cool. Um, he didn't do the flare? Yeah, no, it wasn't great. <laughs> I, I think I think he held the top rope and okay. kind of wrote it down. But, you know, you know. It's like, Hogan, yeah. Hey, hey, whatever you got to do, brother. Um, but there's been so many. I remember Meatloaf, uh, the singer, of course. I folded him in half. <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't know what the hell was going on. I don't know if he knew where he was that night. But it's like I grabbed his head and just, you know, 240 pounds is cranking down on his neck. And he, like, wouldn't move his feet from the mat. And he just, like, went straight down. And his feet were still, I don't know, how, like, bent him in it's half. It's a crazy clip. If you haven't seen it, it's the yeah. craziest clip. Wayne, Wayne Brady, Brady might have took a funky one. I, I, I forget. But, but uh, Mula, like, oh, poor, that's good yeah. poor, you know, like, God dang, you know, RVD used to, you know, there's been so many guys. It's my move. But, you know, Diamond Dallas Page made that thing famous. John Laurinaitis, whom I love to death, you know, that was the ace crusher. Like, I have a history with him. There's there's th th so many people have made it what it is, not just me. All these guys, Evan Bourne, Seth Rollins, especially, you know, it's it's uh, I'm, I'm lucky, man. I'm blessed. No matter which way you look at it, I'm blessed. Well, I feel blessed that you did this today. Everyone, give it up for Randy. Hey, thanks, thanks. Thank you so much for doing this today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, it. All right, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character.